Ding dong. Who's there? It's diminishing returns. Hello and welcome to Diminishing Returns. My name is Alan. Joining me, as always, is Sol. Hello. And we have another very special guest today. Joining us is Alice Fraser. Hello, how are you? Hello. So yes, Alice, uh, you are um, a a comedian and uh, writer, I guess, and, and just general... I know you're a podcaster, certainly. Yes, uh, fortunately <laughs> or unfortunately. Uh, oh, need we define ourselves? Since the pandemic began, <laughs> I've basically been a podcaster. Uh, and I feel extremely fortunate to be so, given that so many people in my industry can't do comedy at all. So I've been very lucky indeed to be able to do my work and to be able to do it from wherever I am in the world, which is currently trapped in Australia during a lockdown. Oh. <laughs> There, there is a question I've always wanted to ask. Well, I say always for the last year. Um, so during during the lockdown, you started a, a daily podcast, uh, yes. which was not just not just like you rambling or doing a bit of material. It was actually sort of written and had fictional elements and all sorts of things, and uh, presumably quite a lot of work. I just curious, how many days in were you, did you realize that was a terrible idea to have a daily <laughs> podcast? <laughs> so th- this is the last post, which is my daily satirical news podcast set in an alternate dimension, which meant that I had to make up news and then make fun of it uh, from the perspective of somebody in an alternate dimension. And the first two months um, of last year, I was kicking myself because it was an enormous amount of work because you sort of be planning out these news arcs ahead and figure out what would be happening and what was happening in the real world and what would be happening in the pretend world and how they would influence one another and writing the jokes and and getting the guests and all of that. And then I I was just thinking, oh, this is terrible. Everyone I know is preparing for the festivals. Everyone I know is gigging (laughs) and I'm just writing this ridiculous stuff. And then by March of 2020, I was being paid for seven days of work a week. That that (laughs) all of a sudden I was the luckiest person in the world. And so uh, I, 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 I had a roller coaster of emotions about the last post. I, mean, I was struggling to keep up with it, listening to one a day, so <laughs> I certainly wouldn't be able to create it's, one. It's it. a remarkable um, <laughs> achievement, I think, to keep a, a daily show up for that long. It's, it's, yeah, I don't know how people do it, but <laughs> it, it really, um, you know, I had imposter syndrome for so long, and it really killed my imposter syndrome because I'm like. 300, it was the 366-day year last year, and I managed to turn out, I think, somewhere between 60 and 80 hours of content. <laughs> wow. And you know, that that feels good. <laughs> so, Alice, uh, we asked you what film you would like to look at, and you chose John Wick. Yes, I and did. I would like to invite you now to justify that choice. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I love action films, and I've loved action films... For a long time, my introduction to action movies was through sort of Hong Kong action movies, uh, mm. sort of yeah. old school Jet Li, Jackie Chan, <laughs> and then and then their their kind of Western counterparts. And and I think John Wick is has got all of the kind of beautiful balletic fight choreography of those old fashioned movies, which I loved so much, where it's all about this beautiful dancing. <laughs> as much as any kind of plot line, as well as also just being a lot of fun and also competence porn 
It's just nice to see somebody doing something well, even if it is murdering their enemies. I, I think it's particularly nice for that person to be Keanu Reeves as well. Obviously, he's had a bit of a, a renaissance, um, I guess because of John Wick, really, um, the last few years. But well, I, I think, I, I think isn't, everyone isn't just Keanu wants... Reeves just a series of renaissances? Like, he, <laughs> he just has one kind of big hit every ten years and everyone goes, oh yeah, Keanu Reeves. Everyone likes... But everyone's rooting for him. You know, they all want him to be... Yeah. This awesome guy. Well, he's easy to make fun of because he underplays a lot of his roles. He plays them very quietly. And, and so you can sort of assume that he's not a very good actor. But he's an incredibly arresting actor. My mum used to have a copy mm. of um, Much Ado About Nothing that was oh, yeah. with Emma Thompson and, and all of that lot. And he's in that. And he's just great. He's just great. He just plays this sulky, you know, villain in a, in the perfect way. And, you know, I, I don't know. I really enjoy Keanu Reeves. And I feel like, yes, as you say, every 10 years, people are like, oh, yeah, he seems nice. <laughs> I don't know. I've, don't, I've never heard anyone describe him in Much Ado About Nothing as great. I'm always rooting for Keanu Reeves just because, um, I mean, we've, we've mentioned it a few times on this show, but he is by far and away the the celebrity that people always kind of say, oh, you look a bit like uh, Keanu Reeves. And while I don't exactly agree <laughs> with them, I, I, think, I think we're both, you know, perhaps slightly exotic looking white men with brown hair. That's kind of where it begins and ends. Like I have had nights out where people come up to me because they want a picture because I look like Keanu Reeves. And then... But not because they think you're Keanu Reeves. No, it's never been, it's never quite gone that far. I, I, I went to see Bill and Ted 3 in, um, in the cinema in the sort of brief period between lockdowns here when the cinema was open and Bill and Ted 3 came out. And obviously I had a face mask on and I was really hoping that someone would think it was like a secret <laughs> drop-in from Keanu Reeves himself. But Well, he's, his mother's from Essex, but he's his father's Hawaiian, and he's, so he's Hawaiian-Chinese oh, right. and then English-Irish right. and Portuguese. See, I'm, I'm half Mexican, so I think it is just that little dash of um, something <laughs> <laughs> that people are picking up on. But yeah, I, I'm I'm rooting for it because I I seem to get a, a boost in popularity myself whenever he's doing well. So I'm I'm all for it. But weirdly enough, um, I have people have said that I look like Alfie Allen a couple of times. Which, um, <laughs> I'm not taking it as a compliment, frankly. <laughs> but yeah, Alfie Allen is also in John Wick, uh, which I wasn't yeah. expecting. I I wasn't expecting anyone who was in this. this these films this trilogy is just wall to wall I I couldn't believe Jason Manzukas is in the third one I couldn't yeah, believe what I was seeing one. that's a weird one isn't it yeah and then there's quite a few TV actors if I dare use that term not necessarily as a, a pejorative but yeah good TV actors yeah yeah a couple of people who were in the the wire who I recognised um, that guy who's in Oz <laughs> obviously I don't know their names <laughs> not J.K. They're, Simmons they're recognisable uh, yeah recognisable faces Lovejoy he's in it he's in them all isn't he it's, it's, it's just a lot of really fun actors and they're all having fun mm. which is what I like about it I think it's mm. it's easy to underrate the difficulty of creating something that is just a delightful confection I, I think I'm going to have to talk about the trilogy as a, as a whole because I binged my way through all three in very quick succession for this. I'd yeah, never I seen do. any John Wick movies before, though I had been meaning to for ages. 
And the reason I want to do that is that basically I I hated the first film. Interesting. <laughs> I absolutely hated it. But then as it went on, it was like each one got subsequently better. See, I would almost disagree with you there. Oh, really? See, I, I quite enjoyed the third one in a kind... <sighs> Maybe not the whole film, but there were there were sequences in it that I loved. But I think for me it was the the first film to me just felt like you know we 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 went to film school and and there were kids who um, there was no sense of self awareness or or you know humor. It was literally about you know played completely straight in a modern <laughs> uh, movie. But anyway, yeah, so the first film felt a bit like that to me, this kind of teenage, is this meant to be taken completely seriously kind of thing? And then as it went on, it became clear that they were becoming more self-aware. And then by the third film, it felt like now they're actually having fun with this. This is, you know, he's he just aimed a horse at a man like the horse was a gun and the horse Mm. kicked a man in the face. He just killed a giant with a book. (laughs) I sort of disagree with that because I feel like the first one was firmly tongue-in-cheek, but it was more subtle. And then as the series Mm. goes on, the the tongue-in-the-cheek gets stuck out more and more until it's a little bit much for my taste. (laughs) I mean, obviously, it's not meant to be taken seriously. He goes on a murder rampage because somebody killed his Mm. dog. (laughs) Like, it's not, you know, I don't think it's meant to be a, a proportionate... (laughs) <laughs> revenge tragedy well i i think i feel like you can take what you want from it that's the beauty yeah. of art but <laughs> i don't believe that the creators of this are going yeah we're not really taking this seriously i feel like this is 100 percent down the line we're trying to make a really cool action film and it's gonna look really amazing you know if someone killed my dog i'd murder everyone i've ever met well that yeah to, that's how the first one felt to me and then as it went on it felt like they'd been reading the reviews and going oh, okay people like it when we're a bit more playful and- see but by the third one they were all trying too hard to be cool i <laughs> I thought it, by the third oh, one they're right. all sort of blank facedly prancing their way through their scenes whereas <laughs> before you actually felt like there was a bit of human connection there and that they were enjoying themselves yeah. a little more i think it's interesting that you pointed to um hong kong action movies because you know mm. my my real experience with that is uh jackie chan and to a lesser extent Stephen Chow and you know they're they're all about these really playful let's put a load of gags in as we're fighting you know Jackie Chan is the kind of guy who would grab a horse and make it kick a man in the face for him as part of a fight see I think I like the older school uh, Hong Kong action movies where they sort of take themselves seriously kind of Bruce Lee until you (laughs) leap into essentially a dance a dance movie well not necessarily Bruce Lee but more like a Jet Li John Woo or Ringo Lam or mm. that kind of movie, I feel, was has a soft spot in my heart. Well, just to, to speak of the first film, then, it, it certainly, and this is in opposition to the later ones, it is in no rush to get going with the action. It's about half an hour in before we get a it real really good fight me. scene. It's, it's not. It's 52 minutes in before like the action starts. I, I, I checked the time because I was, I, I was under the impression that these movies were just two-hour action scenes, so I was really surprised because the first one isn't it it is a you know a real slow burn and and they 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 go to a great deal of trouble to set up this character and the world he's part of and i appreciate that actually i kind of like that and but at the same time it's it feels like action film people going do you know what we're gonna make something driven by character and gonna make a really good character driven plot and then kind of do that for 20 minutes and abandon it to do some action (laughs) 
See, again, I, I disagree absolutely. I think I think that what you're setting up there is this is this character, but the what you're also setting up is his functionality. So you're you're he is mm. he is the Chekhov's gun in this situation and you're looking at him <laughs> from all angles and he has this kind of precision and competence and uh, even in his subdued grieving state at the beginning of the movie where he's you know processing everything that's gone wrong in his life you're setting up all of these skill sets that are then deployed in rapid succession in the second half of the film and you have that leaves room for that wild acceleration towards the end where it's just action sequence on top of action sequence murder after murder hmm. it's interesting actually that you say precision because i the big takeaway i had as well with the the first one really was that the action scenes weren't what i think of as like intricately choreographed action scenes because they really were john wick walks into a room and it is this precision bullet to the face bullet to the face you know as he kind of walks through a room and and again i think that kind of changed as the the films went on it became a lot more like oh i'm gonna grab this bike helmet and and throw it at this guy's head and then grab this sword and and you know whack the sword with my hand to stab them well the first movie had that combination action sequence particularly mm. when they first break yeah. into his house to kill his dog that he has these combination action sequences where he's wrestling someone into a position where he can then use his gun on them like close quarters gunfighting mm. so it's this combination of sort of Brazilian jiu-jitsu, kung fu, and gunfighting that I I hadn't seen that in a movie before because often where they are using mm. martial arts, they will resist guns to the nth degree and vice versa. If it's a gun movie, then it's like, you know, you think of those 80s gun movies where everyone's just spraying bullets around and only the people who need to get mm. hit get hit. Yeah, yeah but I mean, I, I think that's, like you were saying, precision. I, I think in the first film, he really is in control all the way through. And I think maybe it's as the third film gets on, they have to kind of, you know, almost up the stakes and make it like, oh, he's, you know, he's in a real tough spot now. He hasn't even got a gun for this bit and things like that. So maybe it's something like... Yeah, it becomes very sprawling and there's overseas and then yeah. there's plots within plots and loyalties and all of that. I, yeah, I think <laughs> I liked the first movie because it was it was more personal and it was more interpersonal mm. as well. You have these small betrayals and small friendships that are more kind of in scope. And even the second one, I think the third one for me is where it fell off the rails. Although, as you say, there are these incredibly Baroque, beautiful set pieces in it. Mm. But th that's more like mm. looking at paintings than it is uh, looking at a, at, a, at a film. Obviously, there's a, a matter of personal taste involved here. And I, watching that first film, I could see, you know, why someone would enjoy that. Uh, but for me action sequences in general and fight scenes uh, i just find incredibly dull so um the first film yeah just about gets away with it but the third film which is just a series of action sequences <laughs> might be the most boring film i've ever seen i was really really struggling with it oh we, we've seen much worse on this show alan come on one of the things that i find is really useful if you uh don't enjoy action sequences is to either yourself or uh, there's two two ways to approach it one is to like do a little bit of stunt fighting or the other one is to watch stunt artists on their social media and you then you get a real appreciation of how incredibly mm. skillful and complicated it is it's a different thing um obviously uh, you know you you are approaching it from the side of the screenwriter and the and the literature yeah. sort of minded writing <laughs> side of things but it, if you think of it as a ballet with that kind of level of artistry and skill then you can appreciate the the art in it 
as something other than a clumsy failure to do any real screenwriting, which I think is how often yeah, people think of it. I would, I would argue that ballet is style over substance as well. Um, <laughs> so, you know, the ballet is pretty boring um, <laughs> because they're not bothered about the story. They just look, here's look some dancing. Uh, that's not to say it's not a skill. It's just not interesting. I'll I'll tell you what um I think ruined the first film for me is that I don't know if either of you have seen the film Nobody that came out earlier this year with Bob Odenkirk. No. It was very much sold to me as, you know, oh this is John Wick but with Bob Odenkirk instead of Keanu Reeves. And, <laughs> um, He's known for his martial arts skills. So and and by you know it it, it kind of is, you know, I found it a really funny film as well it, because it was so self-aware and and kind of having fun with what it was doing. Christopher Lloyd plays his dad and you know there's a point at which he joins him with a shotgun and but you know it's also very very silly. So I think going from that to John Wick and expecting the same thing was maybe the problem because it's it's the same thing where he's an ex-hitman and he's kind of drawn back into this world of crime yeah well he's essentially you know i've i've seen it read as a metaphor for something like alcoholism he's essentially an addict mm. this is the one thing that he uses to numb his emotions and then he swore it off and replaced mm. it with a with a wife in the way that many addicts replace one addiction with another and then yeah. that other one is taken away and he even though he knows this is a doomed course that he he can't succeed he is still just going to do it, even though he knows it's self-destructive. And in that way, as the first movie is a kind of self-contained revenge tragedy, if he were to die at the end of that movie, I think it's a more satisfying narrative arc in some ways than the hmm. continuation of yeah. the series. But I think I think the problem with that metaphor is that this is like, oh, this is like alcoholism. Look at alcoholism, isn't it cool? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it, it, alcoholism can be quite cool to an outside observer if you're not there only if the, you're like a rock you know, star alcoholic you know not yeah. <laughs> but yeah i think one thing i don't like in general in films is the fetishization of violence and and going look isn't this cool uh, mm. and i like a bit of brutal reality in my violence and and this doesn't have that it's very flashy and and uh, you know you don't see you don't really see the consequences of it again the third one i thought did get into that there were some moments in the third one where i winced and it you know it wasn't pleasant the, the bit where he stabs a man in the eye in the third one i was like oh that's yeah but that's a really different thing unpleasant. that's 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 gore to go oh look isn't that a cool effect that we've just done that's not i don't know was look it, at this look at the, be... this man's wife who is now you know having to attend his funeral see for example i can't tolerate i can't tolerate realistic violence <laughs> I, I have no stomach for horror movies or for war movies or for domestic violence in television shows or movies anything that is even slightly realistic i find deeply upsetting so for me it really is just the choreography and to that degree the kind of the more unrealistic it is the happier it makes me because mm, you're not it's yeah. not in that instance it's not glorifying violence there's nobody who can do that yeah, it's like it's like Home Alone, you know. It's incredibly violent, but apparently it's okay for kids to watch it. Uh, yeah, because it's not realistic enough. Uh, just to give you a, an impression of how I perhaps wasn't in the right kind of... I wasn't where the film wanted me to be. One of my notes for the first film is... Oh, thank God for that. I thought that dog was going to be hanging around for the whole film. Um, oh, so, I learned. <laughs> you know, I, I might You're not be the target audience. man. <laughs> 
But yeah, there's a little puppy. Uh, someone kills it mercifully, and uh, and that I is... I had the exact opposite reaction because I I knew what happened to the dog going in. I was well aware that that was the catalyst that set things off, and I was really I thought I, I've seen the dog that he gets later on in the franchise, and you know not yeah, to be one of those ugly. Well, ones. I, I guess to be completely specious, like it's. It's not as cute a dog. <laughs> so when I saw the dog that he gets at the start, I was like, no, you can't. That can't be the dog who dies. That's not on. Come on. Yeah, you kill a Staffordshire Terrier. Nobody cares. It's <laughs> a little beagle or something. I, I will say, to be to be positive, the, the main thing that really struck me with the first film is that it was absolutely beautifully shot. And that's not something I was expecting going in. But I thought, like, the cinematography and the colour palette and the, the choice of shots were amazing. You know, it it really did a lot to kind of carry me through the film. They found the lens flare on After Effects. They, they You put that to good use. <laughs> yeah, they did. I mean, they did. You, you say it, you're being sarcastic, but they did. Yeah. They put it to great use. <laughs> in every great. single shot. Maybe put it to good use. Hey, that's a that's a style stylistic choice, you know that <laughs> gives the film a voice of its own. Okay, I think let let me try and sum up my general problem with the first film because I think the first film is a bit better structured and has a bit more plot and was actually you know at least engaging in mm. some way. But the really? first, <laughs> yeah, more than the next ones. But the first film, my overall problem was it with like so. Sol mentioned we went to film school. Uh, and this is the film that every 19-year-old boy film student wants to make. Mm-hmm. And often does make, but obviously yeah, you know, on a crap they do it low with budget. no money in <laughs> their grandma's house. <laughs> Where, you know, nothing quite looks right. Toy guns. Yeah, and but, yeah. and I'm not that's not a good thing. I appreciate that teenage boys want to watch films as well. I just don't know why a, like a 45-year-old stuntman uh, being handed the opportunity to direct a film is a particularly great idea. Yeah, this is what you get if stuntmen make films, I guess. I, I, th- I mean, that is... We were talking about to what extent the first film is, you know, tongue-in-cheek and knows what it's doing. And I, I think the, the thing that cinched it for me that I thought it was just straight down the straight down the line uh, is that the director's called Chad. And I know that's very <laughs> prejudiced of me. You've, I mean, I, I look, but, not to judge you, uh, gentlemen, but you do sound like just dreadful snobs right now. <laughs> 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 and, uh, I, look, my my favourite film is Army of Darkness, which is absolute silly nonsense. Um, and I, I think that's probably why I like the third one more. It was, you know, it's that kind of thing. But I, I'm going to try really hard to... Um... <laughs> normally, normally I offset Alan as the pretentious <laughs> guy here. So it's a bit unfortunate that we both kind of landed on a similar page with this one but. so i feel like i've I've spent a, a lot of my career in various forms um sort of defending or, or representing for undervalued genre work yeah and and that there is a different kind of value to something that is playing within thinking inside the box thinking within the genre and playing with the tools that you are given because there is this limited sort of tool sets of archetypes mm. and 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 the ingredients that you are given within a genre that can then become something really satisfying and beautiful. And as artists, we are often drawn to the idea that the more difficult something is, the better it must be. And I I kind of want to also make an argument for things that are just fun to watch and unchallenging to watch. Um, Although I understand that there is this kind of tendency in Hollywood to produce sort of junk stuff filler stuff at the cost of real art i do think there's mm. space for things that are just mm. 
delightful, as I said, delightful confections. I, I, I completely agree. I, I think it really, it's just, it's unfortunate, I think, that, that it just doesn't speak to my personal yeah. taste. Because like I say, I loved Nobody, the, the Bob Odenkirk version, which is absolute junk. You know, it's it's really silly. Let's just do fun action and, and have a good time with it. Yeah, I mean, we, we all have our, yeah, we all have our junk food tastes, I suppose. Like, I'll watch <laughs> anything with Dwayne The Rock Johnson in it. So, you know, I'm not, oh, yes. I can't claim yeah, to yeah. be a great His arbiter. biggest fan. <laughs> Alan is a uh, Alan's a big proponent of the uh, Big Mama's House trilogy as well. Uh, <laughs> he's a big fan. So, uh, you yeah, know, but, I, we, but for <laughs> but for me, like I say, action just doesn't do anything for me. So if that's what you're doing, yeah, you've got to make it entertaining mm. in a way. You know, if you want me to enjoy it. But you know, they, they, you don't have to make a film for me to enjoy it. But my problem with this, over and above the kind of oh, this isn't for me, is I feel like this is totally sincere and it's taken itself really seriously and everyone in it and everyone involved in it thinks they're really cool oh i don't know about that i i definitely didn't get that impression definitely mm. not I, th- I think it's very difficult to unless you're sort of maliciously misreading keanu reeves to ever think he's being 100 yeah. serious in anything he does yeah 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 i i think the cast were all having you know like you say alice i think they all seem like they were having a great time and i don't think any of them seem to be doing it for credibility or to look cool or anything like that Willem Dafoe is always a, a treat as well. I, I forgot. Uh, I forgot to mention he's in the first one, but I, mm. you know, I love him whenever whenever he gets a chance to chew the scenery and get involved. But don't you? There's so many, I don't know. There's just so many elements of here where at least someone, either the directors or or maybe not the actors, but someone thinks this is really cool and it looks amazing. And, and I think the, the director maybe. That was certainly the impression I got. You know, I don't want to assume his intent, but yeah, yeah and I'm not just talking about. I'm not just talking about the action scenes, which are pretty cool in that action scene sense. But like, for example, whenever anyone puts a coin on a table and slides it across slowly, <laughs> like someone thinks that's really cool. It just annoyed me every time they did it, which was at least six times in every film. I mean, if I had a big coin like that and you know was in a position to use it, I'd think I was pretty cool sliding it across the table. <laughs> And the, oh, the whole thing in the first film where it's like, right, we get it. Look, John Wick, he's a legend. Everyone's just like going, oh, John Wick, have you heard about John Wick? Oh my God, John Wick. It's just, oh, yeah, we get it. Well, it, again, I think that's why it didn't work for me because I've seen Nobody, which does the exact same thing, but with the added layer of Bob Odenkirk sort of <laughs> going, no, that's not me. I'm not him. You know, like, you know, Nobody had to add to it because they were just ripping off John Wick. So they had to make it more interesting to justify existing. So then to go from that to John Wick, I suppose it was like a step backwards, but that's, you know, not John Wick's fault. It's my fault for um, being, in a, being in a bad mood when I watched the film i think basically <laughs> well that's always experience with films or anything really cities can do that to you if you have if you have a bad thing going on when you first go into a city then you hate mm. that city forever and you think it's a horrible place and then you come back years later and you happen to be in your love and you're like this is amazing <laughs> yeah. what a great town can, can i ask you alice have you ever seen the crank films uh oh, with God. jason statham <laughs> Yeah. Of course I've seen the Crank films with Jason Statham. Because this John Wick, the series in general, but John Wick 3 particularly, that felt like to me if Crank 2 didn't know it was a joke. Yes, yeah. I, 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 I think it knows it's a joke. I think maybe our, our readings of it are so completely different because you're taking it as yeah. though it were taking itself seriously. And I guess this is where where we may never know. 
But for me, the more obvious it becomes that it knows it's... As I said before, I like the fact that it's tongue-in-cheek and I feel like by the third movie it's tongue fully sticking out of its mouth like one of those creepy emojis that guys send you when they're trying to hit on you. (laughs) It's just a little too Uh, heavy-handed for me by the third one. But for for the record, though, Alan, you love Crank and Crank Two. I and do. Yeah. You you feel that Crank Two is like a whole new genre. Crank Two is like... a surrealist masterpiece. Uh, and I'll <laughs> go to so, the grave with that. <laughs> so you you know you're not comparing it to that in a disparaging way necessarily. Well, I am because I'm saying this wants to be Crank Two. And <laughs> yeah, and I'm saying Crank Two and the third one are both a little too heavy-handed for me. Whereas you seem to have yeah, liked the yeah. third one more because it's more like Crank Two. No, I don't. Well, well, let me me ask you this, Alice. Um, Yes. Do you think that in terms of the audience watching this, do you think most of them think it's they're taking it seriously and think it's cool? Or do you think most of them are seeing it tongue in cheek and just enjoying it for what it is? Well, I think it is cool. That's the thing. It is simultaneously not taking itself seriously. And it, uh, it does have that kind of action movie thing of part of the choreography Mm. is showing how cool what these people can do is whether you're thinking within the frame of the film uh, and in which case it's glorifying violence or if you're thinking in terms of outside of the frame of the film in which case everyone is actually doing these things physically speaking there's this incredible level of coordination and and involvement that's happening to make it look like this so in that way it is Mm. cool but but if you mean cool in the way of somebody wearing an ankle-length leather jacket to the library. (laughs) That's exactly what I mean, yes. Yeah, I I disagree. I don't think it thinks it's cool in that way. But does the audience, is the audience made up of those people? So, uh, wait a second. I mean, as a question, that's implying that how the audience takes it should affect how I receive it, that I should like it because of the kinds of people who like it rather or, or dislike it because of the kinds of people who like it rather than making my own judgment of it. Because I wouldn't dare to be associated with fourteen-year-old boys. <laughs> well, I'm not saying you should make your own judgment, but yes, you are then going to have to justify it more. I think. <laughs> I, 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 I'll say from my experience, you know, I have a lot of friends who love these films, and they, you know, I think they all. I don't think any of them are taking it seriously. I, I think they're all my my general read on the the pulse of uh, the general public is that. You know, people they they know what these films are. They're they're not being you know hoodwinked by them. They're they're you know. I mean, to use another Keanu Reeves uh, film as reference, I don't think that my experience of watching The Matrix is affected by the men's rights activist red pill movement online. Oh yeah. I still think it's <laughs> not as good a film as it thinks it is. Um... <laughs> well, the 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 second film particularly for me, I was making notes on that. And um, at first I felt like it was turning into a Bond film because he was going on, like, getting all these guns and, and a tailored suit mm. and stuff. And I thought, oh, hang on. Oh, you've not, just reminded not... me that Peter Serafinowicz is in the yeah, second one. Again, yeah. that's another person <laughs> who popped up. And I was like, oh, okay, there he is. Yeah, he's a working yeah. actor. But guess. every time someone like that appears, you know, it's a good thing. I was really happy. I was like, oh, he's there. Yep. Angelica Huston, all of the everyone. It's, a, it's <laughs> yeah. such. It's like it's yeah. so much fun. It is just this delight after delight for me. 
And part of it is that kind of flavor thing. They bring you this new flavor and you're like, oh, mm. this is great. You know, oh, I remember that. Oh, that person. I think those moments of recognition are very deliberately paced through the film as well. Mm. Oh, I'm going to get to see these two people fight. Excellent. You know, they present you with these <laughs> ingredients and you go, oh, this is going to be great. And then it, indeed it is great. It's like 10 seconds of interaction and then they move on. But it's still this moment of joy. Yeah, I noticed Lawrence Fishburne didn't do much martial arts work. <laughs> <laughs> but at least he's a nice presence. But yeah, so I was I was uh, thinking it was turning into a bit of a Bond kind of feel. And I thought, oh no, it's not mm. Bond, it's Kingsman. It's like a crap, <laughs> a take on Bond that thinks it's funny and isn't. Well, hang on, King- Kingsman's arguably better than 90% of the James Bond movies, so... Yeah, but it's taking them off in a, in a very specific way. Yeah, it's it's riffing on them, but yeah. You liked Kingsman, didn't you? I, we, we covered that ages ago. Um, the first one was alright. But that's it, like, Kingsman gets worse as it goes along as well, uh, because it just becomes more and more self-indulgent and, and silly. See, I think I like that. I like seeing people just get really silly. <laughs> well, I think if you if you're going to compare uh, the John Wick movies to James Bond, it would be the the opening sequence of I think it's Casino Royale, where James Bond mm. is chasing the man who's doing parkour, and oh yeah, yeah, it's just a very beautiful action character piece where every movement that James Bond makes tells you more about his character. You know, this this other chap is running away doing all these flashy leaps and jumps and James Bond will, you know, go through the wall and take the shortcut yeah. and take the lift rather than climbing up the pole and and that kind of efficiency in that whole fu- yeah. chase scene tells you all you need to know about this version of of James Bond. I think that might have been the first Daniel Craig James Bond. I could be wrong. But that yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I do know what you're saying. I, I think that what we learn from watching John Wick's actions is that Keanu Reeves has spent four months learning martial arts techniques. Um, I'm not sure how much more we're getting. <laughs> yeah, I, I disagree. I think there's a very specific... That, that each of the, the um, uh, martial artists, the stunt people in these movies, has a very particular style and that the... You know, this is what happens when a stuntman directs a movie is that these styles are mm. given quite a lot of foreground in the fight scenes that you can see the different characters coming through in each of these you know dance fighting approaches you know what i'll 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 grant you this i don't see the difference and that is obviously because i just <laughs> i i don't because i don't know martial arts i don't study you know it's, it's like i just see a fight and i i'm just not engaged with that it would it'd be like if you showed mm. me you know an aston martin and a jaguar and a bentley it's just like yeah they're cars i don't i don't care it's like how you and i can't tell the difference between good jazz and bad jazz as we've <laughs> spoken about yeah, before yeah, on this yeah, exactly. <laughs> whenever we've yeah. covered a film where someone plays jazz we're like was that good or bad <laughs> Um, I suppose it's the same thing. Yeah, you're you're blind to it. Yeah, which is fair enough. You know, that's my that's on me. You know, you can't blame the yeah. film for that really. But uh, yeah, but yeah, it's not the film isn't for me. I guess the conclusion I'm reaching. <laughs> yeah, I, I I guess I'm I'm maybe similar then. I I don't think I like straight up action i think i need my action to be really playful and weird like whenever he was because in the first film there is a lot of he is just shooting people in the face and i kept thinking like oh is he gonna is he gonna curve the bullet at least or is he gonna (laughs) like if he'd done like a pen and teller style you know shoot the bullet through a pane of glass someone catches it in their teeth you know the the pane of glass is unharmed something like that to make me sit up and go whoa what's happening i would have been 
all over it, but I, I think I just kind of tuned out until the third one, which is when they started getting really silly and having, you know, a dog do half the fighting like a companion in a in a video game or um Oh god, I've just remember in the third one there's a scene where he kills a man in a is it a train station? In front of like a huge crowd of people and no one notices. Yes. <laughs> that, that was the one bit I could relate to. If I was walking through <laughs> central London uh, train station and someone got murdered, I would just I wouldn't even miss a beat. Walk away, don't get involved. That's, that's my policy. <laughs> that that felt really odd. Well, that's that's the bit where, uh, for better or worse, everyone's an assassin. You know, you mm. keep turning around, and all these you know people are getting alerts on their phones, and you, that mm. that ridiculousness. For all you know, everyone on that train platform is is an assassin. <laughs> this kind of hidden world beneath the world <laughs> is where it sort of steps into almost like a Harry Potter style fantasy realm, mm. where he's crossed over into another realm of reality. Yeah, that's a big part of why I like the third one the most, I think, because it really it really took us into that world and and played with it a bit more. You know, I I loved all that silly stuff with, you know, the, this this hotel is no longer, you know, a safe haven. I can't remember the word they used and oh, should we parlay and all this sort of stuff. It I, I loved all that silly um and then we we get rules these of the we get these shots yeah. of the uh, the sort of the the central headquarters filing system which is a sort of <laughs> yeah. mix of 1930s switchboards <laughs> and 1980s computing <laughs> technology. It's but that 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 whole thing just feels to me like someone trying too hard. That feels like Kingsman. Like, how can we make this kooky and quirky and, and fun? Uh, see, to me, it felt like they'd they'd written themselves into a corner. Like, well, we've been implying this is all you know going on, but we're at a point where we have to show it now. So, all right, <laughs> I guess we have to just go all in. And and I guess I'm not a big fan of subtlety. Is that what <laughs> the, the problem is? <laughs> I think if this was set in a kind of alternate dimension, slightly fantasy world, it, anything can happen kind of off kilter. Well, I think it thing. is. I, really, I, would, isn't it? I think I could probably buy into it a lot more. So I, I genuinely, I think it is. Uh, so that's kind yeah. of what it is. I, I think he's yeah. he's left Narnia and then his dog gets killed and he has to return. That's sort of it. This heightened world mm, yeah. where everything is so overblown, and you can see why both why it's toxic and why it's addictive to him. Because it is so dialed up and ridiculous. Mm. Yeah, I think that that would probably help me accept it, um, <laughs> not enjoy it, but <laughs> it's just grown up Hogwarts with guns. Yeah, I hate Harry Potter as well. That's the problem. <laughs> oh, Alan! But wouldn't you? Wouldn't you? I mean, would you enjoy Harry Potter if they did all have guns? With because that to me sounds like an amazing film. <laughs> they do, don't they? They just shoot things, laser beams out their wands and stuff. It's not like there's any yeah, of that much different. Do you know what? I I couldn't quite believe when I was reading about it that this was a spec script. I, I assumed this was based on a graphic right. novel or something like that because yeah, of the yeah. visual nature of it, because of the way the dialogue is so kind of basic and, and simple sentences. And I just assumed this was comic book style. So I was really surprised. Has it been converted into graphic novels? It feels like it's just begging to be done. Um, I don't think so. I think they're just really focusing on, on you know, expanding out the, the film world. I think there's been talk of like a John Wick cinematic universe. And I think they are making four and five back to back at this point. And, mm. you know, there's a lot of scope there. Or is it a TV series they were talking about? I can see that. The, 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 Makes sense. Yeah, they're obviously looking at building it out, but I don't think it's gone to 
comic book specifically video game would maybe be the medium that yeah makes I mean, there the was, most sense in there was times particularly in the second film i made a note of like oh have i accidentally started watching a video game because <laughs> it was very video gamey we've spoken about this before where I, I think we are entering an era where we're we're starting to get films from people who you know grew up playing video games and it, it is you know influencing how they're made and I, I don't say that as a bad thing i think it's quite interesting that that scene with the dog in particular in the um third film felt in a good way like i was playing a really good video game yes it, it really just evoked having a dog companion and you know fallout or something <laughs> i think that's where where action movies are at their best when they are a bit like video games insofar as not in this kind of overblown mm. two-dimensional way but insofar as they present you with with a set of ingredients and then they proceed to solve the problem. As with like yeah, a good crime yeah. film or something, you get to anticipate how they're going to get themselves out of this situation. You have you have this equipment and you have these baddies and you have this confined space and you have to solve this problem. And mm. that's where the pleasure lies in a lot of action. Mm. And I think that does come down from the Hong Kong action movie sort of yeah. heritage. And you see the longer cuts not these kind of american style jump cuts you see longer action mm. sequences and less choppy so that you can actually watch the process of the fight in the way that i don't think he's walking into rooms and shooting people in the head he's putting someone in a wrist lock so that he can then shoot them in mm. the head like there's there there's these processes and steps that are, are in place I think that's a big part why I like the third one the most was, to me, it felt like the one that was doing that the most. It was really playing with the environment, putting John Wick in a scene and being like, right, you know, there's there's a vase over there. Is he going to use it in this fight or is he going to, you know, it, it, it felt much more like he had to solve the best way to, to beat the people he was fighting in each um, each scene for me, that one. And yeah, I really like that aspect of it. I, I do agree with that, actually, in terms of just generally the quality of the stunts and, and the fighting and all that. Yes, they're, they're showing. They're actually showing what they're doing. They pull the camera back and we can see it, as opposed to, like, we watched Quantum of Solace recently, and that's just all very close quarter edit, edit, mm. edit. Uh, and you can't see anything. You don't know what's going on. And it's obvious that they're just cutting around an actor who has kind of had to learn to do some basic fighting. So... In this, you've got really quality martial arts stuntmen. You, your main principal actor has obviously gone to the great efforts to be able to do it as well. So, yeah, I guess if, if that's what you like and, and you can appreciate that sort of thing, yeah, you're going to get it here. It, these are some, some really cool... Like, I, I don't want to use the word cool. These are some really well, <laughs> well choreographed and well-filmed fight sequences. And I don't, I don't like that they go on for twenty minutes because I find them very boring. Mm. If he went into a room and had to f solve a thing and figure out what's going on, oh, those people are over there, go bang, 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 forty-five seconds, I'd probably go with it. And then twenty minutes of like some plot and dialogue, maybe, and and that sort of thing, that would be great. <laughs> right. Well, my my only other note is just the question: Do Keanu Reeves people think he's very attractive? Right. Mm -hmm. Do they like And you that look long like him. Hair? Yeah, we get it. All right, come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I'm asking because he's got this sort of long hair uh, in these films that I guess he's known for now in this this era of uh, Keanu Reeves. Yeah. Is that a good look? Do do, do people like that? Because you know, well, should a... I should I change my hairstyle? Is kind of what it's I'm getting. It's a particularly at. good look for action things, and this is a, a Jackie Chan trick. Because it lets you do the action lines with your movements. If somebody hits you in the head, your hair goes 
oh, in yeah. that direction. So it's a, it's a, yeah, yeah. I, I, That's I, a really good point. <laughs> or stage combat hair. Yeah, it's really, it's really um, visceral action hair. Yeah. Yeah, which is also another thing that's quite nice about these movies in a broader sense is that you get to sort of see the consequences. I mean, he is indestructible in the way that action heroes are and he gets more indestructible as the series goes on. But in the first movie particularly, he is in pain, you know, for a Mm. lot of the movie. It Mm. has that slightly noir quality of somebody really taking Mm. a beating and then having to carry that with them. Like he doesn't just recover. He then Mm. has to work with this new injury or this new disability that he's acquired along the way, and that's part of the problem-solving. We always sort of rate our films out of 10 at the end, so I guess we should do that, although I kind of don't want to because I feel like I'm going to be really, <laughs> really mean. See, I, yeah, I don't um, think we should rate it out of 10 because I think it is it is so much what it is, that if it's for you, it's for you, and if it's not for you, it's not for you. Should we Should we abstain as a parlay, Alan? <laughs> yeah, I'm happy to do that. I think I've made my favorite. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't have a favorite color, and I refuse to rank things out of ten. <laughs> well, I, I would. I'd like to. I'd like to end with a with a, a way of Alice and I actually agreeing on something. So I'd mm. like to just mention that I think they get worse as they go along. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. I, I will. I won't forgive you for making me watch three John films <laughs> in two days. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you so much for joining us, uh, Alice. Is, is there any um, anything you'd like to plug or? Uh, or well, mention? I'm in in lockdown in Sydney, so listen to any of my podcasts. I have a weekly podcast called The Goggle. Uh, which is a, a satirical news podcast with no politics. I have a weekly podcast called Tea with Alice, where I talk about difficult ideas with interesting people. I have a monthly podcast called The Last Post, and uh, you can find all of those things on patreon.com slash Alice Fraser. <laughs>